Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Did you, America? Welcome to another edition of Did You America Season 2 Episode. I already told you I don't know how to count. Uh, he's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. Um, apologies for anyone who uh, noticed some technical difficulties that we had this week. Um, we were a little bit late with uh, both episodes this week, for those of you who listen to anything uh, approaching real time. And uh, apparently the previous episode sounded a little bit echoey. I did. There were several listeners that sent me messages saying, have you two forgotten how to plug the mics in again? No, we just decided to do a new location, our cave setup. I thought if we had a bit of echo on it, it would sound more like the podcast had got bigger because we were now in like a stadium right. setting. But you know, COVID, so the stadium's empty. <laughs> exactly. That's why we had echo on the uh, on the podcast. Um, no, uh, I have no idea. You know what the... the the, the solution to this is is I should stop cleaning because I think the yeah. only the, the only thing that changed uh, around the last episode of this podcast was that I disconnected the microphones and the sort of very basic setup that we have in my kitchen here in Deep Ellum in the great state of Texas because I was doing some cleaning so I was going to clean the table I thought it's uh, I haven't cleaned it in about two months it's probably got all kinds of residue and Jeremy Hoffman's spit all over <laughs> it so I thought you know I'm, I'm going to clean the Jeremy off my table was what I was thinking and as a result of uh, doing my best to remove your DNA from my kitchen. Uh, we then had to replug the microphones in. And as we've discussed on this podcast before, neither of us are particularly technically adept. No. And so apparently just the process of plugging two mics into a laptop was too much to be able to do a podcast episode with decent sound quality. Well, first of all, wiping down your table with a little bit of Clorox ain't going to do nothing to kill my DNA. I'm all <laughs> over this apartment, buddy. <laughs> Second of all, uh, I'm, I've been telling you for months, it is time you take after my pot-headed lazy ways. You were trying to clean up in your place i for one haven't showered in months <laughs> right you need to do your part to help the podcast third this is gonna be really awkward when we still haven't figured anything out when we listen back to this podcast and all the technical problems are still here yeah that might be true if there's still an echo then you know we're working on it we should this is why we have new york producer we should just blame it all on new york producer <laughs> damn you new york producer all right, lots of things to get to in uh, today's podcast. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that uh, since we last spoke, I took a trip to an airport, uh, not because I was going anywhere. One of my friends was coming to stay from Kansas for a few days this week. And see, that was another reason I cleaned up. That's the second thing that you should learn from this podcast. A, clean less. B, be less, uh, what's the word? be less hospitable yes accommodating to other people because if i'd have just thought fuck it she should be grateful of the spare room i'm not going to clean up because i've got a guest coming we wouldn't wouldn't have had an echo again these are things i've been trying to teach you throughout our whole friendship so i went to the uh, dfw airport uh, here in the great state of texas which is uh, a giant clusterfuck it um yeah technically i mean i always used to think of airports as uh, possibly the worst place to work if you were regardless of whether you're in tsa or you're in a bar or whatever you're doing if your job is airport based you're probably going to have 
the most dissatisfied customer because the airport is, a, is an inconvenience in anyone's day because the only reason why someone goes to an airport is because they want to get somewhere else, right? right? Only for me, with my love affair of America... Going to the airport is a fucking joy. Because <laughs> You're going to get you a Cinnabon. Well, not just that. It's because I, in the years that I was living in Shitsville, desperately wanting to live in the greatest country on earth, all of my vacations from the UK would be in America, right? So I always associated with spending time in an airport with waiting for a flight to go back to the UK. And knowing how much I love America and how much I can't stand where I'm from, can you imagine my state of mind? You have to get there like three hours before right. the flight. You've got to check in. I would just sit in an airport bar wherever I was, Dallas, Los Angeles, um, Florida, wherever. Wyoming. Wyoming, mate. Wyoming. I'd rather be in Wyoming than London. Let's name all 50 states. <laughs> and i just sit in the bar. And be, uh, you know, most people would think like airport bars are terrible places. For me, I would just think this is the last time for at least six months I'm going to be drinking a cold beer. <laughs> this is the last time for at, Did, for at least six months the glass is going to be frosted. This is stuff that doesn't happen in England. No, it's stuff that doesn't happen in England. So, uh, so anything, anytime I was in an airport... I mean, in my state of mind, I was like a man on death row about to eat his last meal. I'm like, <laughs> this is the last time I'm going to be having a civilized conversation with a bartender who's actually going to be giving me a decent standard of service rather than standing in a line that's about 50 people deep trying to get the attention of someone behind the bar because in UK pubs, that's what you do. No one sits at the bar. No one waits your table. You just stand like you're in a fucking crowd at a stadium for a gig going, hey, hey, me next, point of Guinness, point of Guinness. As if going to an inferior country wasn't bad enough as it is. Like you said, then you have to get to the airport three hours ahead of time to travel what? I'm guessing it's probably like an eight-hour flight 10 back. or 11, oh, 10 or 11. God. You're probably in the middle seat because you ain't classy like that. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, that's actually my main issue with DFW Airport. You know, I, I'm not a very busy man, but I get, because I'm a millennial that probably has a ton of ADD, I get very angsty really fast. So me sitting around and not having an activity to do for long extended periods of time is very frustrating. And at the DFW Airport, it's just so big and there's so many areas to go to. You generally have to get there for any flight three mm. hours before, like it was in Air You've flight. got nothing to do. Is this, right. lead, is this leading up to you telling me that every time you go there, you have to go to the bathroom to jerk off just to occupy <laughs> oh, your God, mind? No. So it's the only way of easing your ADD? Well, as a cigarette smoker, the worst part was now it's even longer without a cigarette. Sadly, right. I, I have learned early on that you don't jerk off in public. I'm not a freak, <laughs> so I never had that issue. The other thing Imagine is... people coming in from out of town and you're just jerking off at the... Never mind me, the, sir. They're like, oh my god, fucking Texas. <laughs> I well, that's why I prefer uh, here in DFW. We also have Love Field, which is a little bit smaller. It's easier to get through. You know, not right. as many flights, but it's kind of easier maneuver. The best though was when I lived in Tucson when I went to the University of Arizona. Their airport is such a little shithole, and it's twenty minutes from campus, so you could literally leave. 
15 minutes before your flight was boarding. Get to the airport, park, walk through security. They didn't even have the cool security They like, where it has like the thing that goes around you and scans right, your right, whole right. They just had the old school metal detectors. I knew so many people, not me, because I don't break the law, but so many people who would just walk through with ounces of weed strapped to their waistband <laughs> and just walk through security, no problem. Again, not me, never me. But plenty of people were able to do it. And they... It took no time at all. So for me, when I go to the airport at DFW, I mean, like, I have to, uh, not to, you know, show you a little bit into my life, but I have to literally smoke for, like, two hours to make it through the entire journey before I know I'm going to get off the plane and be able to smoke again. At the Tucson airport, though, I can smoke right up to the time I'm getting on the plane pretty much. Yeah, I'm probably on the plane. I did it twice. (laughs) I mean, my friends did it twice. So because I associate, used to associate American airports with, just the misery of these are the final couple of hours of service and Americana because I'm about to head back to the UK and I hate it. And also, if you're going to a flight back to Shitsville, it's normally full of people from Shitsville. So <laughs> once, you, once you're on the plane, if it's a 10 or 11 hour journey, that you might as well be back in the UK because I'm just surrounded by Brits and I hate it. But now... Now, most people would hate going to the airport to meet their friends who are coming to stay because it's an inconvenience. Me, it's like therapy for me because now, any time, now I live in the greatest country on earth, any time I'm going to an airport in America but not leaving America, oh my God, it just feels so good. So literally, and like you said, DFW is a clusterfuck. It's a huge airport. You literally enter through the tolls to get to the airport and about, I'm not exaggerating, two miles later you'll be in the right <laughs> bit of the airport. the airport. DFW is such a big airport, it's like its own town, yeah. right? Still, even with that, and having to pay toll fees, I was I got there early waiting for my friend to come off her flight from uh, Kansas and I am wandering around just thinking, I'm at the airport and I'm not leaving America because I live in America. And, and I have these flashbacks to these feelings of like having my final frosted glass and all that kind of, and I'm like, and I'm not even at a bar drinking. I'm just sitting there and then to make it even better. So I find the, uh, the gate. So my friend's going to be uh, coming in from that gate. I'm just sitting there. Got about uh, 10, 15 minutes to kill. And then people start coming uh, through the gate. And I'm wearing my uh, Don't Mess With Texas face mask. Oh, that's right? awesome. Which is awesome to wear anywhere in DFW. I don't think I've left the house wearing that mask on any occasion. No, I've not had at least one person say to me, that's a great mask. Hell right? yeah, brother. But I love how much Texans love Texas. So I'm just sitting there minding my own affairs. And uh, this lady comes through the gate, right? And she sees my mask and she says to me, I love what your mask is saying. And I said, oh, thanks. And she goes, I tell you, I just been somewhere else and I hated it. And I went, went, why? And she goes, it just wasn't Texas. When I lived in Arizona, I used to tell people all the time, all moving to Arizona taught me is that I want to spend the rest of my life in Texas. She went, they just didn't do stuff right. <laughs> and, I, and I went, and, and, and so we had a conversation. She gave me no actual details about what she didn't like or where she'd been. It was just that it wasn't Texas. 
there weren't going to be anyone wearing don't mess with Texas face masks and she didn't she didn't like it she's like oh, I'm so glad I'm back here and then someone else who was waiting for someone at the airport chimed in and went Oh yeah, I'm uh, I- I'm from Mexico, and I tell you, because I started a conversation with this lady about how you know America is the greatest country on earth, blah 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 blah, and uh, he goes, uh, there ain't nothing like it. I'm so glad that you're so happy to be here. And I said to him, uh, what do you do out of interest? And he said, I'm a doctor. Oh my so, god! Uh, even the medical profession <laughs> are like, don't mess with. I said, um, I don't want to pry as to uh, you know what kind of doctoring you do. But when you're in the surgery, like removing bits and pieces, and you wear those those uh, clinical masks, does your say don't mess with Texas? It oh, does now. I was like, if I need any work done at any point, any surgery, can I book you and will you wear this mask? Well, now I know why you asked me about jerking off. You have been rock hard throughout this entire story. <laughs> and then my friend finally arrived from Kansas, and I said... Just give me a second. I just need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> how uh, how shocked do you think that lady was when she saw like, oh, oh my God, I'm back in Texas. Someone with a don't mess with Texas mask. I'm going to go up and tell them how much I love Texas because they clearly love Texas. She was probably expecting like you to come back. Yes, ma'am. I absolutely love Texas as well because you recovered. And when she got hit with the British voice, she definitely almost ran away or her head exploded. The better, why her head didn't explode is because you were like, yes, I love Texas too. Right, she totally expected me to speak like one of the Dukes of Hazzard. For sure. <laughs> I still, every episode, am a little bit surprised that you haven't picked up the Southern accent. All right, here's some examples about maybe where uh, America might slightly be letting itself down though. Uh, top words Americans have to Google how to spell. Well, these are the three top words. Let's see if you can spell them. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> well, right off the back, I can Just tell you. Just spell it. Jim Carrey taught the world how to spell beautiful. B-E-A-utiful. Okay. Friend. <laughs> F-R-I-E-N-D. Because. B-E-C-A-U-S-E. And that's from a dude with hella dyslexia. I do th- see this is one example where I was reading this story today and I thought, well, this, uh, the whole point of this podcast is to be uh, pro American because no one's more grateful to be here than me. I mean, even the lady who went, I've been somewhere else and it just weren't <laughs> Texas, I still feel more grateful to be in America than she did when she came back to DFW Airport. But I look at these words that uh, Americans struggle to spell. The number one word that people Google for spelling in Colorado is Colorado. Oh, my God. I mean, things like that make me go, you know, America, you could be doing better. And then I think to myself, you know, I got family in the UK and I've got uh, nieces who are eight and ten years of age. And they have spellings every week from school. Sometimes when I FaceTime them, we do a little thing where they'll test me on their spellings to, uh, you know, because they need to get to know them before their test on Friday. And uh, I, uh, I go through the list of words. I have regularly, and I mean regularly, only scored 7 out of 10 oh, wow. on my 8-year-old niece's spellings. Yeah, that's not good. And I can spell all of these words that apparently Americans are struggling with. And I'm thinking, have we found the one thing where the UK may actually be superior to America? Because my 8-year-old niece, I think, could spell... 
better than most of these uh, Americans that are struggling with these words. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is another example of you searching for a young person that would get something that you don't in me. You know, you probably thought like, oh, this young person is going to be so with it, know all these words. I'm probably a worse speller than you are. Like I said, I have mad dyslexia. The fact that I got those three words correct is still shocking me. We'll do the, uh, I think the, uh, the, the UK's education system got so bad that they've actually piled on the word because my sister and I are always discussing that we never had homework when we were the age that my sister's kids are. And, you know, my nieces have got homework constantly. And some of the words, I mean, they're words that you would never use in adult conversation, let alone as an eight-year-old. Like what? SAT words? I guess you wouldn't know that. Never mind. The what? So it's like a test you take to get SATs? to college here. Oh, no, no, no. They yeah, have those yeah, yeah. in the, they have those oh, they in the do? UK. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, when you're studying for the SAT, they give you, like, the way they tell you to study is they basically give you this booklet of impossible words that no one ever knows, and then you study the hell out of these words, and, like, four of them are on the test. Right, exactly. I mean, I've got banned from helping my nieces with their math homework now to, <laughs> because, because my sister decided that I was so bad at an eight-year-old's uh, UK schooling level of math that I was actually making them worse. You, you cost <laughs> your nieces 12 IQ points. I, the, <laughs> and, the, and there was one week where I did so bad at the spellings that I think my niece only got six out of 10 and she blamed it on me. I would too. Like, it was like the training was bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if the coach failed the player, who are you going to blame? <laughs> right. So I'm reading this and I'm thinking like, oh, well, maybe, uh, you know, maybe the UK has got, uh, is, is getting better since I've not lived there because it seems like uh, my eight-year-old niece could spell better than the average American. And then I read another story out of uh, Shitsville about someone who gets caught at a bar after taking a sick day and a judge ruled that they shouldn't have been fired. And you know my main thing with the UK, there's no work ethic and everyone's lazy. And now this. Wait, so you think that he should have been fired? So he calls in sick. And then on the day that he claimed that he was, was sick, he gets caught at a bar. And uh, he was being fired. So he took the company to court and the judge ruled that he shouldn't have been fired because the company's handbook doesn't specifically say you can't socialize on a sick day. So now the company that fired him have to pay him a load of money for wrongful termination. Oh, well, see, I normally I'd be like, that's crazy. You know, why does he have to get all this money? He wasn't doing his job. But, you know, here in America, we have a long history of playing hooky, you know, stuff like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Have, uh, excuse me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off has taught us for years that Every once in a while, you just need a free day to unwind and have a little fun and not worry about work or school Ferris, or whatever. Fer Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a, is a false economy. It's fiction. There's no way... How dare there, you, there's, sir? There's no way that with the amount of school that Ferris Bueller missed, he would have gained the knowledge to then be in war games and start world wars with computers. I mean, I'm not saying that I was in war games and starting world war with computers, but I successfully... Um, graduated high school, went to college. I can tell you right now, my senior year, I went to about half of the classes. I uh, So at my school, we had off-campus lunch. So in the middle of the day, you got to leave. And that meant for me that I was going to, of course, get high, right. eat my lunch, and then not want to go back to class. So there were plenty of times where my days were about first, second period, maybe third, and then I was done for the day. I, uh, and these were like 50 minute classes. So 
at my school, the way they did it was you would get a call, for, you know, whenever you miss a class, your home, they like an automated system. And it would just be like, your son missed one or more classes today. So I'd go home, my mom would be like, what happened? Be like, oh, I was late from one class, I'd get it done. By the end of the year, I had so many missing hours that they basically were telling me like, oh, you're gonna get held back, you're not gonna get to go to college. Luckily for me, my senior year, I blew out my knee just being an idiot. I had to have knee surgery and I was on crutches for like the last two months. I had a teacher who felt so bad for me that she just signed off on the fact that I did like 200 makeup hours. Like, yeah, go graduate. No one wants you here another year anyways. So should I have not gotten to graduate because I wanted to get high? And that's, I don't think so. That's why America can't spell. But school, <laughs> school is a different thing. My point about the UK, the reason why I can't stand it, I mean, there's lots of reasons, but there's zero customer service. There's no work ethic. Everyone's lazy. It's absolutely fine to be lazy if you just want to plod along and be mediocre. Be mediocrity squared. You couldn't be in a better place than the UK. And then I read a story like this where some judge goes, well, the company handbook doesn't suggest that if you're too sick to go into work, you shouldn't be uh, able to go to a bar. Like he's well enough to go to a bar, but he's not well enough to go to work and therefore he gets away with it. And my point to the people of the UK is that if you had a better work ethic and more to the point, if you took less vacations, maybe then you'd figure out good ice and customer service. How about that? Or just do what I occasionally did. I went back to school. I just go to work drunk. <laughs> I mean, we don't, it didn't say in the story that he was a surgeon. I'm sure he just works in the cubicle. No one's going to notice if he's boozing a bit. They, well, no, but it's the thing about uh, they're having no work ethic. They just think they can get away with doing anything they want. And then a ruling like this comes out and goes, well, no, I mean, technically, like, you could have been like this. Just, uh, uh, and, and uh, Brits are always shocked at, like, the lack of vacation time that Americans get because, like, you start a job in, in the UK and you instantly get four weeks vacation vacation a year and then you can build it up from there in america if you're fortunate enough to work for one company for your entire life you might get to four weeks vacation right. you know right before retirement and so they're always shocked at all that but there is zero work ethic in the uk and this is like a prime example so you might be better at spelling i'm but, not but what this is suggesting is that once you've finished school and you know how to spell words that you've got to have no use to spell whatsoever in later life and you get an a you get an actual job you can just kind of like coast along so they are better at spelling but don't have to work the uk is starting to sound pretty good to me i don't know man let's do a song of the week update and then we've got some other stuff to get to including uh the return of he-man to netflix I'm kind of excited that He-Man might become incredibly mainstream again if Netflix are going to uh, um, uh, reboot that. And also the return of Jeffrey Tubin to uh, CNN. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to vote for Song of the Week, we have them on my Twitter and also on the website. Uh, three songs for you to choose from. Uh, this week, I'm going with How Not to Drown by Churches featuring Robert Smith. I went with Witch You by Duran Jones and The Indication. And uh, New York Producers Choice this week is House Burned Down by King Princess. So if you want to vote on uh, Twitter, I'm at Ian Camfield. You can go to our website, digiamerica.com, to vote there if you would prefer. House Burned Down by King Princess. Witch You by Derlin Jones featuring uh, and The Indication. Uh, Duran Jones and the indication with which you are or how not to drown by churches 
featuring Robert Smith. Get voting on Twitter or on the website, didyouamerica.com, where you can also buy T-shirts, which are lovely. Part two on the way. All right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America. Don't forget, if you want to listen to any of the old episodes or uh, vote for Song of the Week or get one of our lovely T-shirts, didyouamerica.com is the website where you can head um, for this show. Jeremy, uh, off the back of something we were discussing in part one, has now nominated the two words in the English language that are regularly used and most impossible to spell. Yes, definitely and immediately. I challenge anyone to spell those words without uh, mixing up an E or an I. I, It also occurred to me uh, during the break to combine two things that we were discussing about um, A, the lack of work ethic in the UK, and uh, B, spellings in general. Brits have just got things so fucked up. Like, on occasion, they'll make things be more work for themselves, but yet with general day-to-day stuff, there's no work ethic whatsoever. On the subject of spellings, how many words do English people, British people, put into the English language where they use an additional U that Americans don't need? Or how about, like, sometimes in Canada, they put the R before the E, like in theatre? Who does that? It's oh, not, that's not that's, fiatre. That's in that's in the that's the way that 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 uh, Brits do it as well. This is something that you know I love English. Don't get me wrong, but God damn it, why did England have to stick us with this fakakta language? <laughs> I'm I wasn't very good at Spanish in school. I actually failed Spanish at every single level of school. Once in middle school, once in high school, and once in college. But I guarantee you, if I learned it as a baby, I'd be pretty damn good at Spanish. See, Brits. Maybe if you spent less time being concerned about use the letter U in words that don't where the letter U doesn't need to be there, you'd have figured out good ice and customer service. Yeah, let's just get rid of England. There's Sink it. Lots of problems with the UK, but if they figured out good ice and customer service, that would be my first go-to. Start with that, and then maybe the rest of stuff will fall into place. You can't just jump to customer service. First, get rid of the letter U, and then you can get to customer service. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that, that might be a good way of going about it. All right, well, we had a jovial part one uh, discussing uh, spellings and uh, my hatred of the UK, but how much I love going to American airports. Let's get down to the uh, harder topics of today's podcast, cancel culture. Oh no. Who can be cancelled and who apparently is not cancelled? Should we spin our cancel wheel? (laughs) It definitely isn't landing on Kid Rock. Or Jeffrey Tubin. No. Right? Well, he he landed on the reverse cancel wheel. What, Jeffrey Tubin? Yeah, where it's where you spin the wheel backwards and whoever it lands on gets to come back. (laughs) Louis C.K. still waiting for that one. Well, I mean, Louis C.K. Bill Cosby, that's not right. Bill, (laughs) Louis C.K., you bring up quite often on the podcast to be like, some people that get away with it and yet he still can't get a stand-up gig. And in the case of Jeffrey Tubin, this is going to especially wind up Louis C.K. because Louis C.K. is going to be like, he had his cock out too! <laughs> the cock was on a camera with him. Someone could have recorded it. I did it in front of one person. He did it on a whole Zoom call. So uh, he came back to CNN this week for the first time uh, since he exposed himself. Uh, was ju- he wearing pants? Well, I believe so. I didn't see the video. I mean, this is... uh, Maybe that that was a condition. Because every so often, when it gets to summer in America, for a joke, 
people who are on the news channels, particularly weather people, I've noticed they'll they'll put, put something on social media going, hey, did you watch me do the weather this afternoon? Here's a clip that you didn't see. I actually wasn't wearing any pants. Like they've got the tie on and then literally it's a tie and shirt, but beneath that just boxer shorts, right? The only way people are ever going to forget this, like Tubin's dying now that they're bringing back the Ford Bronco. He's like, please, OJ, go on one more run. I need to write another book. This can't be my legacy. So um, he said that um, he's he's trying to become uh, the kind of person that people can trust again. As in, he won't just be jerking off. I don't like... Does that make you not trust someone? What, that they jerk off? I mean, yeah, it's not like he lied about it to me. I get that he jerks off. He said that the behavior was uh, deeply moronic and indefensible. And um, that uh, he's apologized to anyone who thought that he was a better person than this. Um, so, well, I, I, I'm just still... Did we ever get discover what that Zoom meeting was about? Because my thought process on this was, it was either so boring that the only way for him to retain attention was to start jerking off. In much the same way as you said earlier on, um, your ADD gets to you at the airport. So the only way that you can sustain a period of time in an airport is to jerk off. <laughs> right. That I was said the conclusion that. Right, right. we made in part one. Yes. Was it, <laughs> it was me who jerks off at airports, not Mr. I'm rock hard throughout a whole goddamn airport <laughs> because, story. Because someone from Texas got excited about my, <laughs> my face mask from Texas. So... I think it's either one or two things. This is why I want to know what that Zoom meeting was about. I'm more interested in that. It was either so dull that he had to jerk off or they were talking... Because isn't Jeffrey Tubin like the finance guy? Doesn't I think he, do he does legal analysts. Right. Was there some sort of... Was the meeting about the fact that, oh my God, our ratings are just through the roof and we've got so many new people coming in to check out Jeffrey Tubin analyzing the NASDAQ and whatever they do on Wall Street that he went, fuck me, I've just got to get my cock out and start to like, it's just too much. You already know it was an HR meeting on sexual harassment. It just double timed, it made it so much worse. I, But that just gives a perfect example of like, who cares with Jeffrey Tubin? I mean, neither of us could tell you what he actually does for CNN. I always knew Jeffrey Tubin as the O.J. Simpson guy. He was the expert on O.J. Simpson. Now all of a sudden he's telling me he has his cock out while giving me legal advice? Well, I think the idea was that people obviously weren't meant to notice that he had his cock out. But I don't know, again, did he have his cock out the whole time or did they finish the meeting and then he just didn't turn off? I think it was discovered that actually he had his cock out the whole time. Which again, to me suggests it was either a diversion tactic to try and uh, keep his attention up. He needed to keep something else up while he kept his attention up. <laughs> or it was just so goddamn exciting that he just couldn't resist. He was like, guys, check this out. Oh shit, this is work. I mean, it was literally like the day I read Bruce Dickinson had rejoined Iron Maiden. I was like, where's my I'm unzipping right now? Oh my god! I, uh... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> so anyway, Jeffrey Tubin, apparently we're fine with him coming back. And also apparently we're fine with Kid Rock uh, dropping the uh, homophobic slur F word. Before we get onto that, I picked back up my thought. Real last thing. What if Jeffrey Tubin, why go back to CNN? What he really should have done is done what Paul Pierce did. Pornhub News. <laughs> now you can go on to Kid Rock. So... Jeffrey Tubin's having a comeback after getting his cock out. 
Um, did, uh, did he go to OnlyFans in between? I'm sure <laughs> I would have done. Like, to you know, no I one? have a few subscriptions. I'll send you some links. Is he? Do, would it? Uh, would it be attractive if someone with their dick out started doing financial news on OnlyFans? <laughs> I also like the fact that we might have invented the fact he does financial news. I have no <laughs> idea. Again, I, I know he knows OJ, and that's about it. I mean, I'm always hearing. Um, you know, the defense of people that talk, the, 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 the right wing media is always going on about how biased the left wing media is. And people that prefer the left wing media always say, but you check, check the ratings. If you take all of the left wing media and add their ratings together, it's still not as much as how many people are watching Fox News. Right. Which suggests to me that CNN hardly ever get good ratings. I mean, it might have just been that could have been like, <gasps> we beat Fox News in one hour. Like, was there a meeting? where they were discussing something that Jeffrey Tubin was doing where for a 10 minute segment he got bigger ratings than Hannity and he was like that's it <laughs> I've just gotta jerk off maybe this was which a is rating. ironic because then you could say that he got very Bill O'Reilly about the whole situation <laughs> I mean you know so where's my plan <laughs> <laughs> that's another person Bill O'Reilly's at home going I can't have a comeback just because I jerked off to my assistant on the phone and and, to, and she got paid several million and this guy got his dick out on Zoom. I don't even know what Zoom is. And, uh, and, and he's allowed to have a return. Maybe this was just a giant ratings play, though. Maybe they knew, like, we can never match the ratings that Fox News is getting. I know what we'll do. Who's our least sacrificable person? Oh, the guy who knows about OJ? No one cares about OJ anymore. Pull your dick out. <laughs> right. And Tuba was like, no. And they pulled down his pants and wiggled his little baby dick in front of the Zoom camera. And then, boom, canceled. So, uh, Jeffrey Tubin doesn't get canceled. Kid Rock is on stage at a bar in Tennessee and starts getting angry about people that are filming him with their cameras rather than being in the moment. And uh, he calls them the uh, the homophobic F word. And it becomes a news story. And people are so not upset about Kid Rock using that word that the day afterwards, Kid Rock tweeted out about the fact that he used the word and basically went, F you. <laughs> yeah, I, F you, you effers. I think this is proof that Kid Rock is somehow uncancelable. If all the people we would have thought are as they cannot be touched, Kid Rock is the last person I would have assumed. I, um, well, I mean, is it, is it context? Kid Rock in a bar in Tennessee... Is do people just go do do they like it? Because I watched the video where he uses the homophobic f word. Oh, they go crazy. The guy, I'm presuming it's the guy filming it or someone who's very near the guy filming it. As he's saying it, they're just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, do you remember? Uh, I mean, you could say Kid Rock knows his audience. Back when uh, Sasha Baron Cohen had the Ollie G show and he first introduced Borat to the world, it was him going to a country bar and singing a song, Throw the Jews Down the Well. I do remember that song. And of yeah. course, you know, where you would assume like people would be like, oh, what's going on here? The entire crowd joins in. I imagine that's what happened at that Kid Rock show. Right, yeah, I guess... Remember when Kid Rock thought he was, like, kind of a rapper? What <laughs> happened to that guy? I miss... I miss... I wish I was black Kid... Kid... Kid Chris? Kid Rock. Yeah, I, um... I do wonder... I mean... 
if Kid Rock and Marilyn Manson got cancelled, what would rock radio do in this country? Like, that would kill so many right. radio stations all at once. I no think, more all summer long? Where are we going to listen to? I Well, I mean, all summer long is in regular rotation just about uh, anywhere. Like, Warren's, if there is some sort of afterlife, Warren Zevon must be so pissed that he's not earning the royalties from Werewolves right. of London. Like, that song became a hit that yeah. never left US radio way after Warren Zevon died. Uh, but I was flicking around on the on the radio the other day, and I heard a radio station here in DFW playing Marilyn Manson, and I just thought to myself, "Huh." So that hasn't been cancelled yet. And if you removed Marilyn Manson and Kid Rock from the level of rotations that they are on rock radio in 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 a lot of uh, the US, you'd have a bunch of stations that um, that had to change formats. And there's two things here with this. The first thing seems that um, Kid Rock. It's perfectly fine for him to use that word. No one's going to cancel him. Right. The second thing that made me think of was, and this is for the older end of the audience, I remember when bootlegs were highly illegal. And now they're just like... You <laughs> On know, your phone, getting the whole concert. I, I remember where if you were a big fan of a band, you had to go to uh, nefarious market stalls or find men selling CDs out of suitcases out the front of subway stations. And on those CDs out, uh, in that suitcase or on those market stalls, you would get illegally recorded live shows from your favorite band, right? right? Now, that, that effectively, everyone's bootlegging stuff on their phone. I mean, look, I understand he definitely had reason to be upset. I'm sure that's really annoying when you're performing and like, you know, you just see countless people not watching, but like staring at you through their phone. Like you said, right. like there's bo the bootlegging, but like, man, is that really the way that he had to express his anger? And like, even in his non-apology apology, like he hit all the cliches of like what you're not supposed to do in a cancelable apology. He's like, oh, I have plenty of friends that are gay. And like, oh, it's not even what the word really means when I say it. And like, you know, it's, in the end, it's really, it's not that hard to get words out of your vocabulary. I can give you an example. You know, when I was growing up, a big thing for me was, you're going to like this story. I don't think we've ever discussed this. A big thing for me was being like, when describing something as annoying or bad, like, oh, that's so gay. You right. know? That's why it happens a lot. And I still, to this day, Can find I just say, just as a tease, sorry to interrupt, before we finish the podcast today, as a gay... I'm going to call something really gay. Oh, of Stand by! <laughs> but it's funny that you say that because this is actually the story of how I first learned that you were gay. And it was one of the single most embarrassing moments of my life. So before we started doing this podcast, when you had a real job, we were in studio recording demos for what would eventually become this podcast. You yeah. know, giving this sample try. So one day People we were in there going like, this isn't a demo. They tried this out. This is them know, operating right? at their you full capacity. You should hear those demos. <laughs> they are terrible. Oh, yeah. I'm using the homo F word all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you, before the show, you, for the first time, told me what they call cotton candy in the UK. What is candy it? Candy floss. Candy floss. And of course, like any normal American, my reaction to that was, that's so gay. <laughs> and you gave me a look like, huh. That's weird. Like that was I didn't expect him to say that. And like we, you know, went past it and then we went on nothing. You didn't bring anything up and we moved past it. Then we started recording the podcast. And in the episode, you start telling a story. And halfway through, you just kind of like half-assedly mentioned, like, you know, because I'm gay, and kept going on with the story. I'm silent throughout this whole part. 
I shit you not, I can show you the recording. You can hear my jaw drop <laughs> as I realize that, oh my God, I just described Candy Floss as being so gay and immediately was like, I probably look like an asshole now to Campfield. He's never going to want to do a podcast with me again. Cotton Candy's pretty gay. It's pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so after that moment, I kind of thought about it. I was like, you know what? Like, that is something that I do say pretty frequently. And you know what? I was very easily able to drop it from my vocabulary. And I don't describe things that way anymore. Now I just say they're Hispanic. <laughs> you know another way that Kid Rock could have... Uh... First of all, Kid Rock, if you want to uh, come out with things like this, what we're saying is next time you're performing at the fair, because I'm assuming you get a lot of bookies <laughs> to perform at the fair, call Cotton Candy pretty gay because it's less offensive than using the homophobic uh, F slur. Now they're not going to be like, we don't want to hear ball with a ball. Say the gay thing again. <laughs> Slur us in the face. There is a footage from about a, about a year ago that did the rounds. This is another uh, way of dealing with uh, people with their, uh, their phones out, filming you being annoying. Um, Judas Priest were touring and uh, someone was in the front row filming the show. And later on, after it happened, Judas Priestley singer Rob Halford said that the, the, the glare from the camera was like affecting him. So he, it, was, it was really annoying him. And he kind of sort of apologized for like, I shouldn't have reacted like this. But it annoyed him so much that he's performing on stage and he's doing the show. And he literally just takes a kick and kicks this guy's phone who's in the front row out of his hand. And the phone just goes flying in the air like several feet to the back of the audience. That could be a way of dealing with it. And I think if you were Kid Rock and you saw Rob Halford from Judas Priest doing that, you'd be going, hey, that's a pretty good kick for a gay. <laughs> See, I go the other way. I snatch the phone, immediate dick pic, and then toss it to a random person in the crowd. Yes, when you're in the middle of screaming your way through Judas Priest's painkiller, it's very difficult to get the dick pic done when you've got to be hitting those notes. Those are the only times I take pictures of my dick. I don't know. when you like, If you listen to... Um, you listen to how much like high-pitched falsetto screaming there is in Judas Priest songs. I don't know what you have to do with your body to, to enable to, you to hit those notes. I'm going to bet that if he was to take a dick pic while he was doing some screaming heavy metal, it probably has the effects of like if you jump into a cold pool, his penis is probably really <laughs> because so I, I, like, I don't know how you do that. Rob, if you're listening, can you let us know? Because it's all about, you know, when your voice is your instrument and he's really old now, to be able to do that screaming heavy metal that he did like 30 or 40 years ago, now he's really old. I'm willing to bet that the dick shrinks like anyone when they jump into a cold pool. I can absolutely confirm this little quick tangent because we've been talking about how I've been working out a lot more. And, you know, while during my workouts, a lot of the times, you know, I'll lift up my shirt, check out the progress, maybe flex a little bit. But the one area while I'm working out that gets extremely unimpressive is my penis. My penis basically goes inside me when I'm working out. It is so shriveled up. This is the one downside where, you know, you're everything else on you looks so impressive but your penis no matter what is gonna look tiny i think that's why all those rome old rome statues 
jacked bodies, tiny penises. Have you noticed that without even planning it, we've uh, done a cock talk segment? <laughs> we can't help. We've done several cock talk, I feel like. You know the uh, the drunk producer who makes the intro that right. we play for this show? He's actually done some cock talk like IDs oh, for us. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going I'm <laughs> to start. Cock talk jingles? I'm, yeah, cock talk jingles. We got <laughs> cock jingles. <laughs> In fact, well, we, we already had those. I, I think it. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Alfred from Juice Priest goes, oh, cock shingles is what I call it when my dick shrinks so and <laughs> I hit the really high notes. <laughs> That's the name for it. It's, it's a, a medical, medical issue. issue. Jeremy, I would have taken the guy's phone, shoved it down my leather pants and taken a picture of my penis if it wasn't for the fact that it shrinks and looks so small when I'm singing falsetto. So, so instead, I shears a picture of my asshole. <laughs> Oh, that's gaping. <laughs> Wide at the back, shriveled up at the front. It's the name of his next album. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if he ran out of booze, but because I, I sent him, you know, I told you we're drunk producer, he drinks so much, I, you'll send him a message and about a month later, he'll go, okay, I'm oh, on I, it. Yeah, I'm on it. He literally sent me about four different uh, versions of uh, little uh, cock jingles. So nice. we could have a jingle for that. I look forward to that. We are getting closer to being sponsored by uh, Tom Thumb Groceries every day. Once, we, once they hear that Cock Talk is now so legitimate, it's got its own jingle, they'll be right on board. If we can just figure out not having an echo, we'll be perfect. All right, one more thing I want to get to uh, because, you know, Jeremy, you made the podcast go so gay during part two. It's what I do. Um, he Man, the gayest TV show ever. I mean, now here's the thing. As you said, you've tried to remove from your vocabulary the term, that's so gay. Right. But as a gay, I'm perfectly fine with you saying cotton candy is gay. It is gay. <laughs> yeah, and, delicious. And I don't know if it still makes me potentially cancelable when I say He-Man... Gayest TV show ever. Because oh, no. it's because it's being cancelled, cancelled, cancelled. <laughs> because it's being rebooted for Netflix, right? When I'm talking about, I mean, I remember watching He-Man when I was a kid, like the cartoon used to be on when I got in from school, but, right. but people, it's a big enough thing for people to have seen YouTube clips, right? People yeah, yeah. I think it's like, Skeletor. it's more like pop culture known because of characters like Skeletor right. than people actually, at least in my generation, like hardcore watched it, but yeah, it's definitely no. I mean, I never I realized as a kid growing up that it was really gay. It's only since I've, I've noticed, like watched it as an adult and seen it on YouTube where I've thought, hmm. I mean, there's a lot of skin tight lycra. Wasn't these lycra purple, humans? <laughs> like, I mean, I these, are, these so. are just points. Maybe yellowish. There were a lot, I mean, they were wearing the rainbow flag even before the rainbow flag meant gay. They basically invented the rainbow they flag. Lit, like, gay people thought we're going to claim the rainbow because there was so much of it in He-Man and it was so colorful. Also, the hair. The yellow, like, I'm a, like, 80s schoolgirl style hair is also, I guess, kind of does look like Hulk Hogan in the 80s, though. So mm. there is that. But no, you're right. Totally gay. Um, now I'm going to get canceled. You can say it. Also, someone pointed that to me a long time ago. And again, these are things that you don't pick up at the time. Um, you know, the, it was all like, by the power of Skull, right? That was all, the, that was the thing. Right? right. Yeah. I think actually, if you check the actual nar narration at the start of the old version of He-Man, he didn't just have 
superpowers. He had, this is probably the biggest giveaway aside from Skeletor, which we'll get to in a second. He had fabulous superpowers. <laughs> fabulous. It, it is the, the, use, the general gayest the, adjective there the is. The use of the word fabulous. <laughs> and, the, then, and then, if you look at the store, and then... I mean, Skeletor, screaming old queen. I mean, <laughs> scre- you're right with He-Man. He could be a little bit gay, or it could be like Hulk Hogan. It could, but then you've got Skeletor, and I mean, just like Skeletor's like the old gay guy that stays working at the bar way too late in life. Yeah, he's just like not really ready to move on. Gays will know these people again. I, like the, 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 if you go to certain gay bars, and they normally like to keep their bartenders like young and good looking because that's how they make a lot of money from the tips. Right. But everyone, every gay person who goes to gay bars will know this: that there'll be certain gay bars where there's a person who's like way, 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 way old and has become the old queen behind the bar. He has still, a chain that says like "Daddy" around his neck. Yes, and still buff and. Fit but old, of course. Skeletor, that daddy chain and all. I also think that there was the, the the kind of the the sort of the rivalry between Skeletor and He Man. Like He Man wanted to keep things the same. He was probably unaware that he was gay, and, <laughs> and, 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 and Skeletor was like, no. Because it came out in the 80s, right? Where yeah. there was a lot more homophobia around and Skeletor, he lived through all those years of homophobia and he was like, no, we must change. So basically what you Skeletor you're... was like, this is an interesting spin on it. I think Skeletor was a force for good, for gay rights. Ah. But he's portrayed as this evil person and that's just because he's actually become a really bitchy, bitter old queen. So basically you're saying that Master of the Universe is like a gay Romeo and Juliet. Kind of. Okay. And they had... Skeletor was like, you've got fabulous superpowers. <laughs> yes, no. Yeah, no, I'm in. It's the gayest comic ever. Again, um, if Kid Rock could have got into a funny debate about this, he wouldn't be upsetting anyone. Kid Rock is going to hear this and be like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? So uh, the, the, they've done a new version of He-Man and it's, um, it's being rebooted on Netflix. And uh, there's, not enough, uh, there's not enough of a clip in the trailer for me to ascertain whether or not it's still going to be the gayest TV show ever, except that this is a giveaway. The actual scenes from the cartoon that they've spliced together, that's not making me think it's, you know, going to be quite as campy or not. I, I, I can't tell. Right. Except that the theme music that they're... Well, not the theme music because it's not the He-Man theme, but the music they're using on the trailer for the Netflix reboot. Holding out for a hero by Bonnie Tyler. Uh, of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> They, what was Macho Man not available? <laughs> no, the British people have become too tied in with Trump now. Right, they, yeah. they, they don't want that. Their reputation's been tarnished because if they've you, now become the straightest if, band of all time. If you, if you use the village people, people are immediately thinking of Trump dancing to YMCA. Whereas you, you use "Holding Out for a Hero" by Bonnie Tyler, and the gay community are going, "Oh." And he had fabulous superpowers. Who would have thought that YMCA would have become a song actually about working out? <laughs> yes, we love to go to the gym. 
<laughs> it's not about perusing for young men. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this uh, episode of the podcast has been an excellent education, especially for Kid Rock. If you would like to, uh, you know, get on side with all of these gay friends that you claim you've got, according to your follow up uh, tweet, maybe engage them with a conversation about how excited they are that He-Man's coming back and about what you would have as your fabulous superpowers. Come join us for the next episode of Cock Talk and maybe we'll put your name on the reverse cancel wheel. We could reply to Tim, uh, to uh, to Kid Rock's uh, tweet and say, would you like to join us for Cock Talk? We've got cock jingles now. Look at what we did for two Ben. <laughs> if you want to talk to the show, uh, you can get in touch via the website, didyouamerica.com. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Camfield off the radio on Instagram. If you want to talk to us on uh, Twitter, I'm Ian Camfield there. Uh, Twitter and the website is also where you can vote for Song of the Week. So Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on Instagram or didyouamerica.com. Uh, if you want to uh, go to our website, that's also where you can hear the old episodes and you could buy one of our wonderful Did You America t-shirts. How great are they, Jeremy? Apparently, I lost all feeling in my nipples, but the shirts are cool. Didyouamerica.com for all that stuff. I don't know if we did America today, but we definitely cock talk. It's questionable, but I say we america